Hello, foodies, and welcome to the Dining on a Dime podcast. We give you the latest foodie news, give you tips to help you save on monthly food budgets, and we'll throw in some recipes and cookie tips, too. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Wilson and John Cole. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest podcast in the history of our great sport. My name's Kevin Wilson. Jay Cole. Jim Hassan. Okay, I want to welcome our new uh, listeners in Hudson Valley, New York. Make uh, sure those good folks wear their seatbelts because this ride isn't slow. That's right, and it's the home of one of the campuses of the Culinary Institute of America. So we're going to reach out to them. They can't possibly be ready for me. <laughs> and I want to, I want to thank uh, WMLD and uh, you know Louis DiCosmo and all the great people up there. But we're going to start our Looking show. Looking forward to it. Welcome forward. Look, welcome those guys. Yes, and uh, but we're starting today on a somber note. Uh, John Cole, go ahead. Uh, those of you who are listening to this six months from now, you'll probably be like, oh yeah. Those of you that are listening to this live, like many people in the local food scene here, woke at the crack of noon, like food people do, uh, to a whole mess of unpleasant notifications stating that uh, Carl Ruiz had passed away. If you don't know who Carl Ruiz is, do yourself a favor, dial in and check him out. Uh, Carl Ruiz is a local Jersey guy, cook, identified himself on social media as a dishwasher. Uh, I think force of nature would be a more accurate term. Um, there's some pretty, in, um, I don't want to say incontrovertible, but there's some pretty strong evidence to indicate that uh, this morning, sometime in the pre-dawn hours, Carl passed away. Um, they haven't discussed why yet. Uh, his family hasn't released a statement, so we're not going to mess around here too much. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have peripherally known Chef. Uh, we spoke quite a few times through texting, DMs, that sort of thing. Um, and the people I've known through that connection have pretty much indicated that he's passed away. He, he's moved on to that great, you know, Expo station in the sky, so to speak. So this morning, you know, this afternoon's opening segment, we want to kind of talk about the impact he's had. Yes. Carl was a pretty joyous guy. He would not want people sitting shiva. This episode is not going to be an hour of weeping about poor Chef Carl. Those of you that followed Chef on Instagram, particularly Twitter, knew this guy for like the loaded pistol he was. Um we're sitting here doing this show, sipping Miller Highlights, the champagne of beers, which is Carl's uh, beer of choice. When we, he, we just need shots of whiskey. I know. Then. I was going to say, I, you know, if we started doing shots of whiskey, I don't know how coherent and respectful the show would be. Uh, there will be shots of whiskey's had. This show ends at about 6 o'clock. About 6.05, there will be something uh, brown in a glass going around. Um, I've had a lot of people reaching out to me today. Like I've reached out to them trying to get some kind of confirmation. Uh, these days on the internet, how many times Robert Plant, uh, yeah. you know, big rockers, big celebrities, oh, they've died and only to have them post a video an hour later saying, what are you talking about? I was in the Hopes. sauna. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the case. Some people that knew Carl on a one-on-one, -on -one, no degree of separation basis, uh, my friend uh, Matty, uh, friends like EB the Guitar Man, Chris from New Jersey, these are guys you can find on Twitter, uh, Joey Salvia, these are people, uh, Opie, from the old Opie and Anthony show, who now has a super successful podcast. Right. Once you start to see the blue check yes. people... Yeah. confirm it, then you kind of know it's And true. then, of course, a couple hours after that, we had Guy Fieri, who's credited with bringing Carl into uh, the kind of food mainstream. I think, I think that's how a lot of people know Carl yes. is, is through uh, Guy's Grocery Games. He, yes. was a, yep. he was a frequent contributor. He was a, he was a judge. Before that, I think he posted a win-loss record. Honestly, I'm not exaggerating here. He's been on the show like seven, eight times. He's won every trophy they had. Wow. I think his record was like 26-3. and three. Wow. Um, That's a lot of... And keep in mind, uh, in those celebrity, those are really good quality chefs. And Carl was just the kind of guy that he was very kind of humble. He underplayed everything. He told people, I'm a dishwasher. You know, I own a little deli. His first place, Marie's Deli, up in either Mendham or Chatham. I'm sorry for not remembering. This place was like a Mecca, Italian market goal. People were like driving up out of Staten Island to get to this place. That's easily an hour ride in North Jersey traffic just to get his food. 
Um, he had some personal issues in his life, bounced back super strong from that, almost became like a Twitter entertainer. Yes. Um, if you see some of the live videos he posted on Instagram and Twitter, it's, I've had one of the people who follows him, I think her name is Sin Visible. Um, and I'm sorry, I'll, if you're active on, on social media, you know, you know people by screen names and handles way more than their right. real name. Yeah. Um, I think she was the one who said something other than all the God bless, heartbreaking, etc., heartbreaking, etc. He was my favorite show. Oh, absolutely. And he, you know what I mean? This is a guy that we talk about being culinary entertainment here. Yeah. This guy lived that gimmick 24 7, 365. Yes. I mean, not only his Twitter feed was just so compelling and yeah. funny, but I agreed with just about 100% of everything he said. Yeah. And his Twitter feed really was brought foodies together and we're a foodie show so i it, think it really we did. need to pay tribute to him there are people like uh um maddie who i would not have met without carl you know we all sort of started following each other one of my follows um and i realize maybe this sounds a little bit petty and i certainly don't mean it that way um i've had as many as ten thousand followers i've had as few as like 40 followers on twitter when i started one of the happiest, literally jump up and down moments is when it said, Carl Ruiz follows you. <laughs> um, I was just, you know, I was like, Ser seriously? seriously? <laughs> and it was awesome. And we kind of had this little bit of back and forth. Carl wasn't super effusive with praise. He let you know if he liked something or not. Last week, uh, excuse me, last week we did a little bashing on Karen. <laughs> and Carl was one of those people that worked very hard to set Karens in their place. Um, if you're wondering what a Karen is and you don't know, get at me off, uh, you know, off mic. Get at me on social media and I'll explain to you what a Karen is. Those of you in the industry know exactly what a Karen is. We kind of hammered them a little bit last week, put that stuff out on social media. Uh, Carl liked all that stuff. And for me, that was sort of like, you, you know, that, the nod. You get that, let me talk to a manager haircut. Oh, Everybody yeah. Everybody knows what that is. I, I don't know if Supercuts has that on the menu. Is it like <laughs> a dollar more to get the let me talk to a manager? Um, I know that you guys, and I guess like middle-aged heavyset white women get like bashed for this. I don't know if that's true. Uh, we, you know, we equally despise everyone here at Dining on a Time, yeah. so we don't single anyone out. But it seems to me that some of you really kind of like living that gimmick of I need to see a manager. Um, stop it. In, in memory of Carl, at least today, stop it. If you get a chicken burrito and it's a beef burrito, sit down and eat it and shut up. <laughs> don't don't ask for ketchup on your hot dog, please. No ketchup. <laughs> That's another thing. At least one day, Carl stood long and hard against ketchup on hot dogs and that uh, that shite of pineapples <laughs> on pizza. On pizza. Right. Hot fruit and hot canned ham on pizza. Stop it. At least today, stop it. Get yourself a real grown-up adult pizza. You know, maybe a little bit of fresh mushrooms, maybe some peppers, you know, maybe a pepperoni, something that's not so overwhelmingly disgusting. Carl has been telling you guys this for I don't know how long now. Every day he would come out there and he would say, you know, stop with the Nutella on hamburgers. Stop <laughs> with the mango on pizza and bananas. It's gross. And I would see overwhelmingly people be like, yeah, chef, you're totally right. Um, we're kind of working from the position here that Carl has indeed passed. I am still having this tiny little hope against hope. That he pops up somewhere, yeah. pushes off the Swedish bikini model team in the back room at La Cubana in New York City, which is his restaurant, and says, what do you mean I've been down? I've only been out of touch for an hour. Right. It's crazy. Um, if, if you follow his Twitter, you're like, this yeah. guy runs a restaurant too? Like He has time for that? And he was running a great restaurant in, yeah. in New York. That restaurant was well-reviewed. It was a fan favorite. Literally a week ago, we're talking about you know whether welcome or not welcome will be heard in New York. Yeah. Uh, um, Carl was on TV like a week ago. He's been on TV many times, of course. But specifically, he was on local New York news. Um, doing like a Spanish language version. And then I think they came right back, reset his kitchen, did an English version language of that interview, then reset his kitchen for lunch. Right. Um, you know, this is a guy who does amazing things on like three, four hours sleep. 
in the probably the busiest city in the world, still finds time. Um, if Carl has in fact passed as a reporting, his last day is exactly what he would want. <laughs> yeah. He jumped on a train, shot on down to Baltimore, Maryland area, stopped the Chaps Pit Beef, and if you've never had one of those sandwiches, again, dial in and check it out. It's one of the best sandwiches available on the planet. Carl wanted to have one, so he did. And that's the way this guy lived his life. It was called hashtag Ruizing. Are you... I-Z-I-N-G. I hope that hashtag never, ever dies. Yeah. And, ever. And, and, you know, and also for you know, someone like I me, mean, I, I was probably his age. I'm a chef. And I, you know, I look at that, and I'm, uh, it, it's, it's a little scary at the same time, too. Like the, the... Who are you talking to? I'm yeah. 10 years older and 900 pounds heavier <laughs> than you are. I, I should have been dead before the millennium changed. But I read just uh, I read Chef Robert Irvine's post, and he confirmed it, and so did uh, Guy Fieri's. So yeah, so, uh, that's the only reason we're. You know, you're right. It, it's I like I said, I'm kind of having that numb feeling of maybe they're all wrong. Right. Uh, as much as it pains me to say this, they're yeah. not wrong. And I don't think Chef Irvine would say Chef Irvine, no. who I've been fortunate enough to meet right. and interact with several times yeah. in both real life and shows. He's the kind of guy that he, you know, literally. Says what he means. Right. Means what he but says. But he's not going to post something. He's that's not, not going to post confirmed. something. Guy Fieri. Yeah. Guy Fieri is sort of like the ill padrone of that whole clan. Uh, Troy Johnson um, is a journalist. I mean, he kind of is like a, a food judge, joking guy on social media. But in reality, Troy Johnson. I think it's San Diego Magazine. He's like a real journalist in wow. real life, and he's out there saying, "My friend Carl Ruiz has passed away." I don't think people at that level of credibility right, exactly. and credentials uh, just, you know, take a flyer and, okay, right. I read it on Twitter. Well, we've all read lots of stuff on Twitter, including, unfortunately, the reviews of Brett Z. <laughs> we didn't forget you, Brett. This might be a somewhat somber opening, but, but we're going to get you. But we're a foodie show, and if Absolutely. you're listening to us, we had a lot of listeners in Virginia, in New York, all over. I just want to make sure everyone knows we are a foodie show Carl Ruiz was a big, huge part of the foodie culture. So, John, talk about his Twitter and how that brought a lot of foodies together. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're kind of hitting the nail on the head. Right now, I'm literally getting messages from Jimmy House, Pork Island Barbecue, yeah. good friend of ours. Yeah. Literally, right now, he's listening to us. Uh, eight minutes ago, Pinky is out, hashtag Ruizing. Um, there's, you guys can find him at Pork Island Barbecue. Uh, picture up, shot in a beer in his hand. Yeah. Um, that would not have happened without Carl taking... He could have just been on social media. Yeah. He could have just said, hey, I'm Carl Ruiz. You know me from TV. Go to my restaurant. He chose to not just engage. He chose to embrace everyone. Yes. Men and women, young and old. It didn't matter about your race, religion, your orientation. If you loved food... If you self-identified as a foodie, that that's sort of like what an adverb or adjective that gets thrown a lot around a lot these days. Yeah. I self, how I self-identify. Uh, Sam Smith self-identifies as like a traffic cone or something. <laughs> uh, everybody sort of has this way that they. But if you self-identified as a foodie, Carl Wiz was your boy, and he and impacted he you. Pulled everybody into a much larger tent of inclusion, which is another word everybody likes to use today, rather than politics or religion or any of that other BS. He to, brought foodies together. He did. And he Twitter. encouraged you, let's mix it up. Remember he did the Sweet 16 for cereal and yes. candy. I was going to say, I have to admit that I didn't hear of him before uh, you, you uh, for John Cole. Um I thought I'm like, what is that? The, the, the isn't that the catcher for the Phillies in, right. in, the, uh, in, in 2008? Like, and then uh, you know, then he was doing all the like the top, you know, the the Sweet Sixteen, you know, like and all that. Let's stuff. make this point: we would not be a legitimate foodie show if we didn't recognize and pay tribute to Carl. <laughs> Carl is a big, huge part yeah. of. He's brought food people into the foodie culture. And I also don't. I think it's fair to say. We've, we've talked about Carl, we've talked about Pete Genovese, we've talked about some of these other area and national level foodies. There would not be a foodie culture without individuals like this. Absolutely. Stepping forward and saying, okay, fine. Yeah, I know there's going to be somebody that can't stop eating peanut butter and hot dog relish. I'm going to call them out for it, but I'm not going to push them away. Right. Carl, to my knowledge, blocked very few people. On social media, they would say, you're crazy. Cheerios is great on me, spending meatballs. And everybody who knows food would be like, what is up with this guy? 
Carl never blocked anybody. Yeah. No. He would tell people, God bless, have a nice day, yeah. please don't eat that. He wasn't afraid of uh, like like offending anybody's no. opinions either, which which uh, which I really appreciate too. And I will never get pineapple on my pizza. Uh, well, he would, you know, he talked about Chick-fil-A, <laughs> and he's like, you have a choice. You can go to a place like Chick-fil-A where someone will chase you nine and a half miles down the <laughs> road on foot to give you the eight cents change you forgot to take, or you can find a local joint that just has a really good fried chicken sandwich. Right, exactly. And he wasn't afraid of... Uh, I, I don't know if that's knocking Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwiches are going to be at a certain level. Carl always said, go find more, find better. Exactly. And uh, we just wanted to spend the first segment paying tribute yeah. to the chef. Uh, segment two for our friends in Hudson Valley. It's all about you, Hudson Valley, New York. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Welcome them. Kind of like Carl, yeah. welcoming everyone. I've had some people say we've been a little bit harsh on this show. Right. Uh, today, this is very much a shoot segment for yeah, me. This is not done in character. You know, this isn't Food World Order. This isn't J. Cole. This is me, J. John Cole. Paying tribute. Paying tribute to Carl Ruiz yeah. and sort of what he tried to do. Yes. This is a guy that said... Forget politics, forget religion. Let's talk about what really matters. McDonald's or Burger King? Right, exactly. M&M's or Kit Kats? The things that people really... And the passion that he got back from people. Yes. I think at one point he was getting like a thousand responses a minute when he was doing like that Sweet 16 back in March of like fast food joints. Right. What do you mean? Crystal can't possibly be beating McDonald's. Right. And people were losing their minds. Absolutely. And I think partly- And we talked about that on this Yeah, show. we talked about that. Partly it's foodie culture, like you said. Exactly. We were a foodie show. This is foodie culture. And we got to pay tribute. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But part of it was Carl kind of stirring the pot and saying, you know what? Let's talk about this. Yeah. Making people go out to find food. And it didn't matter where. He wasn't afraid to say, look, I like this place over that place. Uh, he, I mean- Good chefs like fast food. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, everything is closed. So when you roll into Taco Bell at one in the morning, yeah, sure, maybe we take the food home and mess with it a little bit. Or, but you know, I hate to say it, Fork is closed when I'm hungry at ten after two. No, right. I'm at exactly. a, I'm at Royal Boucherie making these like uh, crudo with a you know albacore tuna, and then I'm thinking to myself. Am I going to go to Wendy's or Taco Bell? Right. Exactly. That, that was our tribute to Chef. Uh, and uh, segment two, Hudson Valley, New York. I will, end, I will end yep. segment one with this. If you don't know who Carl Ruiz is, or as much as I hate to say it was, go find Absolutely. out. Absolutely. And, and, and try some hashtag Ruizing yourself. Yes, God bless, Chef. Absolutely. Uh, now to go to, uh, we're going to a commercial. You can follow Dining on a Dime on Facebook at facebook.com. That's uh, forward slash Dining on a Dime, the number one. On Twitter at Dining on a Dime, the number one. Instagram, KJW1972. And for sponsorship opportunities, starting as low as $200 per episode, email us at Dining on a Dime at yahoo.com. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Uh, now let's get into our show. I want to just welcome our listeners on WMLD Radio, the voice of the Hudson Valley. Our show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Uh, this segment is dedicated to you. Uh, I have written some things about Hudson Valley and uh, my good friend Louis DeCosmo. Uh, uh, WMLD Radio, for our listeners plays a 24-hour, seven-days-a-week mix, probably some of the best mixed music you can find. It's country, top 40, classic rock, rock, hip-hop. You can hear that all on the WMLD radio app. I have the app. I love it. I can give shout-outs through the app. I can request songs through the app. Uh, I highly encourage our listeners and our followers to go to the Play Store, and download WMLD Radio's app. Uh, you can also, if you have an Alexa device, you can simply instruct your Alexa to play WMLD Radio. It's the voice of the Hudson Valley. Our show will be played on their station every Monday at 1 o'clock. We want to say hello to our friends out in the Hudson Valley in New York. Uh, they also have specialty shows and other podcasts. They're also available on WMLD Radio. I love you, uh, but you have to uh, 
You have to download the app. It lets you give shout-outs through the app. You can request songs. I have a question. Is the Hudson Valley ready for me to become their food voice? Yeah, right. (laughs) My guess is no. And we're excited to be on in the Hudson Valley. Absolutely. Culinary Institute of America. Do we we know where this is geographically? Is this like north of New York City? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I feel like it's near like Schenectady. Yeah, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, FDR. FDR. It's where he retired to. He's famous in the Hudson Valley. So anyway, uh, follow WMLD Radio on Twitter at WMLD4 and Facebook. Just look up WMLD and you can follow them. Uh, it's a great station. But let's give some facts and figures about our good friends up in the Hudson Valley. Historic sites such as West Point, the FDR Library, and the FDR Home are located in the Hudson Valley. Hyde Park, I think. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of miles in hiking trails, championship golf courses, ski slopes, fishing streams, lakes, rivers, and cruise boats, all found in the Hudson Valley of New York. They also have yearly events such as the Garlic Festival, the Great Jack-O-Lantern Blaze, Peak Skill Celebration, uh, the Tulip Festival, just a whole bunch of uh, festivals, music festivals, and many more major events. National Geographic Traveler named the Hudson Valley one of the top 20 must-see destinations in the entire world. How amazing is that to be on a station that is in the great Hudson Valley? We just talked about it. Culinary Institute of America has one of their campuses up there. And Anthony Bourdain, good friend, and Kat Cora uh, is a Another one, they both graduated from the Culinary Institute of America. Hundreds of superstar chefs have also graduated, and that's all located in the Hudson Valley. Uh, Catch us every Monday, 1 o'clock, on WMLD on the app, which is an outstanding app for anybody, you know, that is interested in music. Or just say to your Alexa, Alexa, play WMLD, and you'll be able to hear... uh, uh, the WMLD network. Dining is also big in the Hudson Valley. Uh, the farms that are located up there, they supply the Hudson Valley restaurants with fresh produce. It's a lot of farm to table. Uh, if anybody up there in the restaurant industry that's listening to us right now, please, dining on a dime at yahoo.com. We would love to have you on the show so you can talk to your neighbors in Hudson Valley and talk to our people in Philadelphia. Uh, that might want to go visit the Hudson Valley area. Here's what I always like to know when I go to a, a new area sure. like that is that uh, I have four sheets. <laughs> right. we'll see. I mean, we and we don't necessarily have to find this out today, but yeah, like, over the course of a thing, but like, what is the regional sandwich there? Like, what? oh, that's good. Mm. Oh, that's good roast question. beef on whack. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it no, it be. is. It's roast it beef on whack, which is sort of oh, like, uh, okay. which is sort of like a um, I guess an everything roll. Mm-hmm. Um, the roast beef is usually fairly rare. Um, their big discussion tends to be with or without what we, I guess, would call tiger sauce, uh, horseradish mayo type of thing. That's they, brilliant. I didn't know that. Uh, I know a little bit about Buffalo um, and that that area, and they tend to sort of reflect what's going on in that in that Hudson Valley area in terms of types of food. Not so much like a massive, you know, like Sicilian or regular pizza or that sort of thing, but... There's very specific rules about how they eat this sandwich, just like Chicago and their Italian beef sandwich. Oh, yeah. Uh, I find that super fascinating. Uh, thankfully, Wildfire Radio will be funding at least a 16-week expedition for Jim and I <laughs> to cruise through the Hudson yeah, Valley. Yeah, we would love it. Um, and we'll be doing live shows. Um, if Wildfire does it, you know, we'll just see them in court, I guess. <laughs> but beyond that, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they have to we'll, we'll see what they like to eat. I know, like uh, in upstate New York, where my family's from, they have a, a sandwich. Uh, it's called the Speedy, and um, it, it's 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 basically like a, it's chicken on a skewer, and you grill it. It's almost like in a um, like an almost like an Italian dressing type marinade, wow. and then uh, you you take your your roll and you hold it in your hand, and you put the skewer in the roll, and you kind of pull the the the, the, the the meat what, off the skewer, off the skewer, and that? then it's in the meat. It's in the it's in the roll. It's it's a uh, it's awesome. That actually sounds fantastic. I yeah. would love to try that. So uh, anybody listening to us right now, we're on one p.m. every Monday on WMLD Network. I want to welcome everyone to the show. I also want to give you guys an open invitation. If you're at the Culinary Institute 
or if you own a restaurant in the Hudson Valley, to absolutely dining on the dime at yahoo.com. Yeah, Board we could probably teach those kids quite a bit. We, Jim and I would like Connor <laughs> to And if we're, if we're wrong about the sandwiches, please tell us. because we. Oh, you know, yeah, you I can would find love us on, at Jimmy Trash Talk, <laughs> uh, at Dining on a Dime. Uh, you can get a hold of me at J underscore Cole. Generally, it's just usually middle fingers and poop emojis, but <laughs> if I do get something wrong, let me know. That's actually a good point. If you guys are listening in the Hudson Valley, we would love to know more yeah, reach about out you. To us. Uh, reach out to us. Where Not- should we eat? When should we eat? What should we? Because I do plan on going up to the Hudson Valley and doing a little uh, remote segment from there in a few weeks. Uh, sports teams in the Hudson Valley. Let's talk about the sports teams. Go ahead. Uh, Hudson Valley Renegades. Uh, these. Uh, what is that? Is a minor league team of the for... Tampa Bay Devil Rays for baseball. So okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah, minor so you have baseball. sports up there. Minor league baseball is awesome. I honestly like. I you know I love the Phillies, but. I enjoy going They're to awful. I enjoy going to <laughs> Reading Phillies games. Uh, you can get a great deal, great food, and uh, you know you go down to um, Delaware. The woman that's actually bl- a great point Blue because Rocks. when we did the stadium show episode twenty seven, uh, yeah. we talked about that. Yeah, we I talked about small. I went to the Reading Phillies game and they had like a for fifteen dollars you get a you get an entry plus a little thing on your arm where you can just eat. Everything for free. And that's the new trend. People are going to minor leagues now. Well, I I talked about this. uh, The Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, when they were in Philly, it was amazing. You could actually go to the old Spectrum and sit down. And for like 20 bucks, it was like a really good seat, a t-shirt, and a beer. And the players would come out and And the players were so happy. It was almost like uh, small-level wrestling. I mean, there's a fair amount of pro wrestling DNA in this show, right? Right, yeah. You go to small indie shows, and guys are out there talking to you. Like, when you buy a $20 shirt from an indie wrestler... You're putting money in that person's pocket. Absolutely, he or she has got a family or whatever. Not that I'm saying you shouldn't do it, but when you buy like another John Cena shirt, first of all, stop. But when <laughs> I, I can't stand that guy, he marks everywhere. But if you do decide to buy a John Cena yeah. shirt, you've probably put about seventy-five cents in a millionaire's right. pocket, right. and the rest of it goes to Vince McMahon. Uh, okay, I would much rather find a local indie wrestler and say hey look man her him whatever but them give them the 20 bucks wear the shirt you look cooler you don't look like a mark with that stupid respect hustle loyalty scene of crap on your shirt right but um and i think places like the hudson valley we will find much more of that than being in the shadow of cities like philly new york and atlantic city and the point we're trying to make here is anybody listening on wmld radio Every Monday at 1 o'clock to our show, we want you to reach out, diningonthedime at yahoo.com. Tell us more about the Hudson Valley. Uh, I will be making a trip up there in a few months to uh, do some location stuff. Uh, We're so excited to be on the great station. Uh, The app, though, and, and this is all off script. Their app is... Oh, he actually uh, threw the script to the side. Did you hear that? Their app is amazing. I mean, it really is. You can request songs right through the app. You can give shout-outs, which I love. And the music is incredible. Total mix of music. This is almost like a podcast, what we're doing today. Yeah, right. (laughs) So once again, we want to welcome our friends, our new friends in the Hudson Valley area in New York. Uh, We're excited to be on WMLD, and we want to welcome you to reach out to us. And uh, we will uh, be more than happy to hear what you have to say. We'll read your letters on the air also. Uh, John Cole, say a message to the Hudson Valley. Just say hello. Hello, Hudson Valley. Uh, Valley, I'm your new voice of culinary authority. Uh, forget the culinary institute; uh, <laughs> it's all textbook stuff. Uh, <laughs> in upcoming weeks, I'll be showing you how to actually cook. Students, log into my feed because you're going to want to know how to properly do a grilled cheese sandwich. I don't care what your instructors. Look at it this way: your high-level instructor from Belgium or Holland, <laughs> you really think they've eaten more grilled cheese sandwiches than I have? That's true. They have not. That right. is true. This, yeah. is how, this is how you make it. You know. We can teach you how to make a burger that's wet, rare. Start with a quart of Duke's mayonnaise. <laughs> and Jim Hassan is the Man grill master. Man of a thousand and two jobs. Grill master at uh, Grubhouse Philly inside the Bourse Building in Philadelphia. He's a master chef. Say hello to the Hudson Valley, Jim. I, I, t- I my family's all from uh, Long Island and, oh, and Binghamton, oh, so yeah. <laughs> so please speak slowly. Um, <laughs> I, uh, no, it's a it's a great area. I, I while I grew up in in outside Philly, I do feel a connection to all of New York. Yes, um, both upstate and and outside of New York. So 
Love the love the area. Not 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 a big fan of the the sports teams, but I I, I, lo- I love a I, I love a good rivalry. You're killing us. I love a, I lo- hey, I love a good rivalry. It's it's not you know it's not hate. It's just uh, you know, kind of like sticking it to the you know, the sports teams. But uh, yeah, hello everyone up there. All right, and segment three is going to be our interviews with the winners of the Burger Brawl within minutes of them winning the uh, contest. Stick around. Let's go to commercial. Segment three is Burger Brawl. You can find Table for One, written by Dining on a Dime's own Kevin Wilson, at Barnes and Noble and Amazon.com. Hey, everyone. It's Kevin Wilson here from Dining on a Dime with this week's edition of My Philly Dish on Indie Philly Radio, your source for the latest food and beverage news and events in and around the Philly region. This month, Milk Boy, the Philadelphia's live music venues, bars, restaurants, and a recording studio is so excited to announce its 25-year anniversary weekend. Guests are invited to an extensive outdoor block party at Milk Boy South Street on Saturday, September 28th from noon till 8 p.m. Haunt is Center City's newest and spookiest pop-up bar operated by Townsend Wentz Restaurant and Arts and Industry. It will bring... Horror, wickedly delicious drinks, and Halloween-themed events to Philadelphia from Thursday, October 3rd through Sunday, November 3rd on the second floor above the Pearl Tavern, soon to open on 1123 Walnut Street in Midtown Village. The Co-op, the bustling modern restaurant and lounge located on the corner of 33rd and Chestnut in University City is so excited to announce 9 After 9 which is an all-new Monday to Friday late-night happy hour in the, in the lounge. Guests can enjoy nine plates at $9 after 9 p.m., including shareable bites, as well as vegetarian gluten-free op- options. Finally, do not miss out on hay bales and corn stalks and pumpkins, oh my, beginning Friday, October 11th through Sunday, October 13th, Dilworth Park's annual Fall Festival, Oktoberfest, will return for a three-day celebration of all things autumn. And now back to Indie Philly and Dining on a Dime. Okay, Kevin Wilson live on location at Philly Burger Brawl. And guess what? we got a special treat for you guys. We are here with Chef Eric, Bainbridge Street Barrel House, 6th in Bainbridge, and his burger today was amazing and he won he won the people's choice tell us about the burger Eric. yes i did well again my name is chef eric prosquez i am the chef owner of the bainbridge street barrel house six in bainbridge in queen village um our burger today was called the homegrown burger and we called it the homegrown burger because we use a handful of things from my and my wife's garden um we it was so the burger itself was a plum shishito bacon jam with um a fig aioli, shredded lettuce, horseradish cheese, or horseradish cheddar, and fried shallots on a um, half-pound brisket blend burger uh, with a brioche bun. And we called it the homegrown again because the figs, the plums, the shishitos were all from our garden. That's beautiful. And then the, um, the horseradish cheddar was locally uh, made in, uh, locally from uh, Green Meadow Farms out of uh, Gap, Pennsylvania. So that's why, that's why we dubbed it the homegrown. And I'll tell you what, you got to get down to Bainbridge, Bainbridge Street Barrel House, 6th in Bainbridge. Chef Eric is putting out some good stuff. Man, I'm trying. It's, we're doing what we love down there. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was nothing super fancy. We're not tweezer and food, right. you know, which is nothing wrong with that. But that's, you know, we're a neighborhood gastro pub, and we want you to come in, have a delicious meal, have a good time. You know, we, 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 we specialize in you know, craft beers and uh, craft bourbons and whatnot, plus craft made burgers. We, we take pride in what we do because we love it ourselves. You know, we, we serve what we love to eat. And I think. Uh, Judging the fact that we won people's choice, we're doing something right. I'll tell you what. The people that were at the Burger Brawl today said, Chef Eric, top and uh, right, they, they came the best. In, they came in. They were hitting us up from the beginning. And, you know, to make it more impressive, we, we sold out like two hours ago. Wow. Like we, we, not, I guess not sold out. We right. freed out or something. Right, right. But like two hours ago, we ran out of food. So that, that tells you something about, about the quality of what we put out. Because it's not just meat on a bun. It's, it's, we, we, we source quality and we, we do quality, you know, because... 
people deserve it. Like everyone's got a choice of where they want to go. They choose to come to us. We want to choose to reward them with some quality food. And I'll tell you what, your burger today out of your garden. I mean, well, how some much? Of the, some of the things. Yeah, some but I'm things. saying, how much more fresh can you, you get? Can't, you can't get it fresher than that. My wife, uh, um, she made the fig butter that we used for the fig aioli. Wow. So like, and I, I, it's a passion of mine. I've been connected. It just helps me stay connected to the food and 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 to truly understand and appreciate you know what we're doing in the kitchen. You know, so the fact that I'm growing these things and and um, I know the energy and the resources and the time and everything that goes into it. I don't want to don't want to mistreat it, don't want to abuse it, don't want to poorly handle it. You know, I want to let it Absolutely. shine for what it is. And I'll tell you, when you taste his burger, you're going to be like, this man is a professional chef right here. Everybody's going to see your a lot of posers. Face. They're going <laughs> to see your O face. Oh my goodness, that burger <laughs> blew me away. Thank and you. And I was so Thank happy you. to see you win, chef, because a lot of times the best burger sometimes gets overlooked. And uh you know, and today you definitely, as soon as you won, I said to. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I got a cheering session. There you the go. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. As soon as I heard you won, I said, wow, this, that, he deserves it. Well, listen, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't say I necessarily deserved it, but we tried hard. And, we, and we, we, again, we put out a quality product and, and, you know, we cooked good food. We season it properly and we do, we, we support local whenever we can, as much as we can. Um, and we just, we just want to make something tasty. We want you to come out and be like, yes, I'm glad I came here. You know, like, yes, I'm glad this guy's a chef. Oh, you know, absolutely. It's, it's, it's what I do. It's what I do. It's what I love to do, and it's what I'll probably always and forever do, you know, wow. aside from teaching, which you know, I do a little bit of that too, <laughs> you know. But um, uh, I just I love food, and, and I hope it shows. And it was so nice to see you win because the first thing I said when I tasted it, I said this. Well, I appreciate that. Line. I appreciate that. And, again, again, uh, um, that's all, it's all we're about. It's about making good food that everyone's going to enjoy. You know, talk about your social media. How can we get a hold of uh, you? So, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us um, beers at Barrel House Philly. Um, our social media handle on Instagram is uh, Barrel House Philly. Our Twitter is Barrel House PHL. Um, and those are the main ways. Or you can call the restaurant 267 324 3553. But those are any ways to get a hold of us. We're always, me and my wife, you know, we're, we're connected to them. They'd go directly to us. That's so, great. you know, anything like that, they can, they can, um, we we direct we answer directly. You know if you if you you know go on Google and you bus- and you uh, Google us our Google Business Review. You know you can send me a text if you want to. See, you know that's that's what we are. Our show is hashtag Small Business. We support small business. We are small business. Uh, we don't allow anybody that's corporate on a show. We only we do appreciate small that. business. So it was so nice to see you and guys. It, and it, it literally is me and my wife who run the place. I love it. Me and my wife run the place, and and we stand behind what we do. You know, we're not perfect. We never will be, but we're trying damn hard to do as good as we possibly can. And I want all our listeners to head down tomorrow to Sixth and Bainbridge. Maybe Bainbridge not tomorrow. Street. Give us a minute to get some food. <laughs> <laughs> Bainbridge Street Barrel House, Sixth and Bainbridge. Love it. Small business. Thank you guys. Beautiful burger. Thank you. Thank and you. now thank you. for thank Indie you. Philly and Dining on a Dime. Back to the And tons of outdoor seating. Oh, outdoor seating. There we go. Get it while it's still warm. Okay, Kevin Wilson live from the Philadelphia Burger Brawl at the Navy Yard. And guess what? This is incredible. Today, the judge's choice is a a place I told you about back in 2014 in my book, Table for One at Barnes & Noble. Uh, Chris from Lucky's Last Chance. Dude, you do it every year. Tell us about it. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. The, I, I would love to take credit for it. Honestly, we have the most amazing team. Um, we have so many great people that work there and that are a part of creating all this stuff and never saying enough is enough and always pushing something to just another level and another level and another level. And, and uh, I, I couldn't be happier to be a part of such an awesome team. And Chris, tell us about the pickle burger. I'm telling you, dude, when I heard about it and I was about to go taste, I was like, pickle burger? Is he kidding? Tell us about it. It was awesome. So uh, it, it was really inspired just by, we got a couple people on staff who are just obsessed with pickles, and, and they will search out the best pickles and everything else. We decided that we were going to do this pickle-themed burger, and then the question was, how many is too much? So we ended up going with two patties, American cheese, deep-fried pickles, a sweet pickle relish, a pickle aioli, actual dill pickles, and then hers creamy dill flavored potato chips to kind of top this whole thing off um, because subtlety is not something that we do well. Right. And it was a lot of fun for us. I thought it would be a neat thing. We run it as a burger of the month and people went crazy for it. Um, and so we decided this year, Rob asked us not to bring the peanut butter and bacon burger back again. Yeah. And uh, Which is my favorite burger. <laughs> so we decided to come with something new. I, I I don't even know what to say. We were just excited to be here this year, and this is so – I don't even have words. And let me tell you, uh, Lucky's Last Chance, we talk about you all the time on the show. I blog about you often. 
is the best burger spot in the city. I'm sorry. I don't want. I know you guys are going to disagree. I think this is the best burger spot in the city. Uh, the mac and cheeseburger, booming. Uh, the peanut butter jelly bacon cheeseburger you were talking about, booming. Some of the best burgers are coming from Lucky's. What, what, what is the inspiration, Chris? I, I mean, when we opened, it was all about doing really good beer with just really good burgers done with good quality ingredients and, and not having frozen patties and not doing all that kind of stuff. Just trying to see what we could do. Not taking an elevated stance on it, so to speak, but just making a traditional burger with the best quality stuff that we could. Um, and quite honestly, the, the secret to everything we do is our butcher. Yeah, um, that's Carl true. Venezia, Plymouth Meeting. Been there forever, family-owned place, and, and man, we can't thank him enough. And you can taste it. Oh, he's... I mean, he's, it's incredible. When we, eight and a half years ago when we were testing burgers, we came to him and we came to him with this idea and he said, you know, look, I'm going to try a bunch of different blends with you, see what you like, see what you don't, and we'll keep tinkering until we get it right. Yeah. He's a genius. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, that burger, any burger you get at Lucky's, is top of the line, probably the best you'll ever have. I mean, it's amazing, and you're right. It comes down to the meat. Yeah. I mean, is what it is. Well, the meat and, and the rolls, quite honestly. I mean, yeah. we use Delicios rolls, butter toasted. It, that's what brings them to life. The butter on that roll, toasting that up the right way. I mean, that's that's what sets everything else off. And let me let me make one point to the people listening at home. When I heard about the peanut butter and jelly bacon cheeseburger, I said, oh, God, no. Best burger I've ever had to this day. Today, the pickle burger, I'm like, what is he thinking? <laughs> How about outstanding burger? It's just amazing that some of the concoctions you're coming up with that most people would be like, ah, are, are outstanding. It's amazing. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I'm it's just, down to the meat, though. Really. It is. It is. It's down to the meat, but it's down to our team executing it and, and all the people that come in with the ideas for this stuff. And like I said, I can't praise the crew enough that I get a chance to work and with. And he's a busy guy. You just won again. Uh, I just want you to give the social media tags for Lucky's. Uh, our Instagram is at Lucky's Last Chance. Our Twitter is at Lucky's QV and at Lucky's Maniunk. And our Facebook is Lucky's QV and Lucky's Maniunk. And don't call yourself a foodie if you have not been to Lucky's Last Chance. I can't thank you enough, Chris. We're honored to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And now for Indie Philly, back to the studio. Okay, we're back. I want to thank Indie Philly Radio uh, for letting us do the exclusive interviews with the both winners, the Judges' Choice and the People's Choice uh, from uh, the Burger Brawl. Uh, Chris was very nice. Lucky's Last Chance gave us an interview within seven minutes of him getting the trophy. Uh, also, uh, Bainbridge Street Barrel House. I don't know why it's so hard. Barrel House in Bainbridge, yeah. Uh, they were gracious enough to give us an interview within 10 minutes of them receiving the trophy. Before we move forward. Did you hear the relief in their voice that they didn't have to face me in a burger contest? <laughs> I wanna, Did I wanna... you hear the terror at the thought of them taking me on in a burger shoot? I want to <laughs> talk about Chris Service, who did a Babe Ruth and, and, and guaranteed uh, a win. and Who gave us an interview. By the way, uh, he's a great guy moon shine philly chris service uh uh bernie's out in university city and probably my best interview and i don't like to brag uh was from the guy who heads the whole charity because let's not forget the burger brawl is not just eating burgers it supports no it's drinking beer too right oh (laughs) oh, that's right i'm sorry but it benefits the public school uh, system so and i interviewed the guy who is the head guy at the charity of the charity that it benefits also uh i have an exclusive interview probably the most interesting interview with me no, the Happy Rooster, 16th and Samsung. Oh, there we go. They've been around for 40 years. and We I was, love longevity, man. We yeah, love we what do. a place. We're fans of longevity, and I just wanted uh, our listeners to know, I believe on the 29th we'll be playing those interviews, but we have a ton of interviews. For a little shout-out to Eric. I know a lot of the people at Burger Brawl, we both do. Uh, Eric has been at Barrel House for, I'm going to say, maybe four or five years. Um 
I, he invited me down early on to try his food. This is a guy, he's an industry guy. I think that's almost like the highest praise we can pay for someone. Yeah. They're an industry chick. They're an industry dude. We love them. Uh, this is a guy that's worked very hard with his wife to kind of build a spot worth, and this is going to sound funny, worth being interviewed, worth Absolutely. winning awards. Uh, for a lot of times, sometimes people forget about places like this. I, Barrel House is isn't just a bourbon shop. It isn't just a craft beer bottle shop. I mean, let's be honest. Philadelphia 2019, I can find craft beer anywhere. Right, exactly. Uh, this guy is a top shelf guy, and the food is amazing. Uh, I appreciate that. I kind of reached out to a few of these people and said, hey, look, if you can find any yeah. time... Uh, if you notice, I stayed off the mic and let Kevin do the actual grown-up adult interviewing because, yeah. you know, let's be honest, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. But, I wouldn't be nearly sober at a burger brawl to do that. But Lucky's Last Chance gave us the interview literally right after they won. I also want to point out that Eric, Chef Eric, uh, actually did the booth with just four total people. So he had all those people, and he just it was him, his wife, and two helpers only. When is See, Chef Eric impressive. coming in and giving us some food? That's yeah, but that's I impressive, though. I mean, I was I, he blew me away with that information. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was him, his wife, and two helpers. Well, there's a reason Lucky's Last Chance keeps on winning oh, yeah. this I thing. Mean, and and Lucky's uh, they're in my book, Table for One, Barnes and Noble. Uh, but the reason wait, wait, say in, that again. You have a book, Table for One, when at Barnes and Noble. Uh, but but the point I'm trying to make is that uh, they've been having the highest of excellence for many years. and uh, They're playing at a real high level. Yeah, you're, they're you're playing at a very high level. Uh, peanut butter and jelly bacon cheeseburger, they had to uh, argue with me to do it. One of the best burgers to this day I've ever had. Well, I've judged a few burger competitions outside of Burger Brawl, and I've been served multiple peanut butter and jelly, cashew butter and jelly burgers. Yeah, and you know sure. what they're almost invariably called? The Luckies, because it's true. <laughs> no, that? I have. I'm not going to name names or anything, but there are chefs out there that are essentially entering my, you know, less known burger competitions right. with a riff on a burger that they had up there. You yeah, know what I mean? I and this, I think Luckies has sort of set the benchmark fairly high, right? Um, and uh, they keep me- they keep meeting their benchmark. You know what I mean? It's not like they're one and done. Chris Service is another guy. How many times has that guy been to the to the winner's table? Usually it's a Burger Brawls, whether Chris Service or Lucky's. They, they kind of switch off each year. Yeah, year I mean, these year. guys, there's judge there's a judge's award. Absolutely. And there's a fan award, uh, like People's Choice, I guess they call it. And between Chris and Lucky's, I would say they've won the majority of yes. those awards in the last four or five years. It's almost expected. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think when they don't win, people are almost a little bit like, huh? Yeah. Really? Like you said, Chris called the shot. He did the Babe Ruth. And I think, you know, for a guy like him, you know, maybe he's like, oh. And we're about to go to break so we can uh, come back for Jim. But I just want to ask you guys real quick. Pickle Monster Burger. If you were to be told that somebody's making a Pickle Monster Burger based upon pickles, would you think it was good or bad? For me, bad. I mean, not bad, but... But I'm saying, I'm you not, wouldn't I'm expect not a big it to be good. Of, yeah, I'm not and, a big fan of And not to have, like, a like a ripcord answer, but I really need to know who's doing the burger. Right, well... <laughs> no, well, seriously, if Lucky's is no, doing no, no. it... No, no, uh, no, Lucky's won it with the pickle... If I just I, heard pickle burger, I'd be like... Oh, yeah, no, that was my I reaction. If then, I, it depends on who's doing the burger. And then when I tasted it, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Although, you, back in the day, when you know when I used to go to Roy Rogers, I used to hit the Fixin's bar and hit load pickles on my burger... All right, let's go to break so we can come back with Jim Hassan. For more details and information on what's happening in and around Philly, check out Philly Bite Magazine online at phillybite.com or tune in to Dying on a Dime on the My Philly Dish Hour, Tuesdays through Fridays at 11 a.m. right here on IndyPhilly.com. Hey, welcome back. Uh... So you know, in light of uh, Carl Wee's passing, I had I, I had some things to do, but we're gonna uh, I'm gonna skip a, a bunch of it. But I do want to say two things. Uh, one is food related. One isn't. Let people know you're the famous uh, man of a thousand, <laughs> yeah, two, jobs a thousand and two jobs. Jim Hassan at Jimmy Trash Talk. Yeah. Go find him. Not the not the terrible Jim that we had to cut. The good <laughs> one that we kept. And I, you know, thanks to John Cole, I will be. Uh, you'll you'll find me at uh, Moon Dog Grill at, at the. Uh, Morristown Mall, uh, 
this this week. We've talked about this place several times on the yes, show. Moondog Grub, my friend. Ira. I just you know I just wanted a job where I can flip hamburgers and make hot dogs, and that is it seems like the perfect fit yeah. for me. Um, one uh, one thing uh, upcoming uh, October twentieth is the uh, tap room at nineteenth meatball contest. Oh, that sounds so good. Um, this is this has been uh, has some uh, controversy in the past because well, I think two years ago uh, a vegan meatball won <laughs> the whole thing and, and right. people lost their minds. <laughs> um, Who was that? Was that Jen? That was a Jen Zavala. That's Jen Zavala decided <laughs> Jen to do like a Soylent Green burger, and yeah. the next thing you knew, SWAT had to be deployed to South <laughs> Philly. And uh, you know, uh, Michael Strauss is no uh, stranger to to. Controversy and and, and self promotion and uh, so and this this thing has become uh, him and uh, Pete Fry who uh, uh, run Tap Room at Nineteenth. It's it's a great little event and uh, South Philly really gets behind it and it, and anytime you you make people mad or like yes. even, even that is like it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for South Philly. It's a good thing for the scene. And I will be competing uh, October twentieth with a meatball. I haven't decided exactly what meatball I'm doing. I'm, I'm probably it's probably going to be meat. I, I'm not going to do an impossible meatball. Eel, maybe we'll do some <laughs> eel. The eel, the eel ball. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I think that's up to Sam Jacobson at Stargazy to do the eel meatball. But um, Sam, you pull off an eel meatball. <laughs> Much respect, my friend. And then uh, you know, a non. Uh, I do want to kind of like uh, talk about since I have the the forum. I I, I do. Uh, Story slams and stand-up comedy through uh, First Person Arts. Uh, it's a local uh, nonprofit organization connected to WHYY. Every, the last thir- uh, Tuesday of every month, uh, they do story slams, uh, and I, I I compete in these monthly, and uh, it's it's a it's a good time. So people can go and see you and ask you people what it's like go, to work with me. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. They <laughs> they always ask me about John Cole <laughs> as soon as I get off the stage. Yeah, no, no it, 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 there's a theme every week, every month, and uh, you know, you, you, it's at the Adrian Theater uh, across from Helium. Nice. And uh, yeah, you can you can find me there. Hey, Jim, just so because we yeah, have all people- jokes aside, check that out. That yeah, sounds like absolutely. a fun time. Absolutely, sounds like a great. Yeah. time. it's only ten dollars to get in, and you get it. You get a nice little uh, comedy. But, but, come on, comedy. you guys blow ten bucks at like yeah, a right. You know what I mean? Right. But as we spread our wings, last week we had tons of listeners in Virginia, Maryland, you know, all over the country. Uh, I would like you to give an idea. You don't have to give away your stuff, but you're a master chef, been in the business for years. What kind of meatballs do you make? Like, what do you? So, I'm 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 trying to think about. So, as far as meatballs is concerned, uh, you know, you know, everybody talks about you know the the meat blend, egg, breadcrumbs. I don't I don't. Here here's a tip. Okay. Uh, and I know I know I know people like tips. I never use breadcrumbs. Uh, it makes it too dry. I'll take uh, any kind of br- like you want to get like stale bread. And then soak it in milk, or, or or you can soak it in anything really. I, I usually soak it in milk, and then use that instead of breadcrumbs, and that'll give you like the little, um, you know, that <clears throat> you need that bread to kind of like fill out the meatball, and that's what I, you know, use use stale bread instead of breadcrumbs, and and it'll make a, a, a more, more moist meatball. Wow, that's fantastic! And Jim Hassan, Master Chef, Grubhouse Philly, inside the Borsch Building. He's giving you tips from a, a, a top of the line chef, Go ahead, Jim. So I, uh, another thing I had uh, planned for this week, because uh, we, were, you know, John and I were were at a place and we were talking about hamburgers, and I talked about hamburgers last week too. It's a very simple ground beef. It's cheap uh, when you buy it at home, uh, and we were talking about like making, you know, how, how you make a rare burger as opposed to a well done burger. And uh, when I, gr- I first of all, I like to grill at home, and uh, I'll use a, a charcoal grill as opposed to a, a uh, propane grill. Okay. Really? Because don't you want that good mm, propane gas dance in there? <laughs> mm. And I, I try not to use the, you know, I try to use the regular charcoal and not the, you know, not the soaked in you know, match light right. uh, things. Uh, uh, one thing people don't, they'll, they'll put the, the charcoal on the whole grill. I usually like to. Make a, a cold spot on the grill, so you, okay. you you have a hot spot and a cold spot on the grill. You you cook the burgers on the hot spot, let it get uh, on both sides, and then you want to put it on the cold spot to let. One one thing people don't do is let meat rest. Okay. Um, 
to get the juices. Yeah, to, to get the juices, kind of like uh, to, to get into the burger. Um, yeah, let, let your let, let take the take the uh, burger off the grill, let it rest. Can I ask you a quick question? Because yeah. I want to take advantage sure. of your skills. Uh, every time I cook a burger, because I don't know how to even boil ramen noodles. Uh, how do I get go? off the air? Then what are you doing? <laughs> how how do you know, Jim, when to take it off? I heard a tip from Bobby Flay. I believe he puts his thumb in the middle, and then when that yeah, pops I mean, up. So yeah, there's there's different, like, you know, because they have the whole spectrum of rare, medium exactly. rare, exactly. medium. And uh, Bobby medium. Flay says that he puts his finger in the middle, and if that pops up, it's done. Yeah. And, so, and, and, the, what do the, you do? Bobby Flay also puts potato chips on burgers. So, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what Lucky's did, though. Maybe you take your chip from Jim. I, I, I learned this a long time ago, and I, I don't know if I use it all the time. But, uh, people can use it. It, it. A burger should feel like the tip of your nose. Okay. So, uh, yeah, if you if you push down and like you want you want a little bit of like pushback on it, like uh, that's going to be medium rare to medium. Um, I. I you you want to you want to put the burger on the hottest part of the flame and, and get that because a lot of people like make the mistake oh I'm gonna make a rare burger I'm gonna put it on the the cold part no no you want to put it on the hot part so you get that sear on it on both sides and then it still stays you know like pink and 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 cool in the middle and you can tell that's the same type of advice uh, Josh Kim would give people uh, from Spot Burgers. He'd be out there banging out burgers like crazy, and he would tell people, you know, I see people throwing meat in like a cold pan right. or on a cold grill. Eh, no, you know that's going to be it's going to be wonderful Salisbury steak you're making, right? Now whether you whether you're using a, a charcoal grill. Um, or you're using a flat top. Like usually, flat tops there's a hot part and a cold part. Yeah. You want to put you want to put the if you want it rare, you want to put it on the hot part right away and get that sear on. You see, it. that's a good tip. Yeah. yeah. And, and while I'm certainly not Jim's level, I will say this: people stop being afraid of like salt and pepper. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm yeah. not saying you should go crazy, especially with just like a, you know, uh, maybe a 70, 30, 80, 20 burger. But seriously, don't be afraid of like some sea salt and some crack but crack and that, and that, pepper. And that's another thing people do too. Like when you make your hamburgers at home, don't start mixing things. Don't start mixing a lot into it. Don't put the onions in it. Don't put put. Uh, you want to you want to keep it as simple. You you don't want to mess with the 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 ground beef too much. Make a patty, uh, salt and pepper on it, and that's it. And then you can do anything, all your onions and things. Put that on after the fact. And what, what's interesting here is how many cooking uh, judges show do you see where they're saying it's not seasoned enough? I watch Master yeah. Chef all the time, and uh, Joe always says he's like, look, uh, you got to add seasoning. Yeah, salt and pepper. I mean, but yeah, you don't want to go too crazy to. Uh, the sage and it, for for a regular burger, you just want salt and pepper on it. Wow! And if you guys are listening at home, and you want to try out a Master Chef's cooking, uh, Grub House Philly inside the Bourse Building, and then you do the raw bar at Royal Boucherie. And now, and now uh, uh, burgers and dogs at Moondog Grill. Oh, that's uh, gonna be fun! I'm gonna go uh, out Morristown Mall as well. That's fantastic. That's yeah, fantastic. speaking of burgers, that'll actually be sort of like a little bit of a platform for you to, you know practice what you preach, so to speak. Usually that has a negative connotation. I don't mean it that way at all. But I, I, Royal Bouchery do a lot of burgers. Would be- I mean, Royal Bouchery has a, <laughs> no, has a decent burger. Oh, they have a good burger. I, I don't make it there. I just work the raw bar. Like, but right. yeah. Is that the one that's like 312 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's expensive, but it's not yeah, not that much. But yeah. Let's ask the Master Chef, what's the best beef blend that you like? For I, I mean, I like 70-30. I mean, okay. you want... I mean, don't be afraid, like, you know, people are like, oh, I'm only going to do 90-10 or, you know, 80-20, but fat is flavor. I mean, so, okay. you know, like 70-30 is probably like a good ratio, but I would, if, if I was going to err, I would err lower. I would go like 60-40 because like uh, that, okay. that, the fat is going to give you that nice flavor to and, it. And uh, Jim has gotten great response from his segment. People love hearing, uh, you know, his little cooking tips. He's been a chef for years. He knows what he's doing. He's one of the top guys in Philadelphia. You want to try out Jim Hassan's food, Grub House Philly at the Bourse Building. I just want to make an announcement that our website has been upgraded, and it's done now. I want everyone to go to phillyrestaurantreviews.com. On that website, you're going to see 423 restaurant reviews, all with photos for the Philadelphia area. You're also going to see our new section, which is called an audio food tour. So if you guys are listening from out of state and you're visiting Philadelphia, you can go to our website and click on the audio food tour, and we will give you shows that tell you where to get the best cheesesteaks, where to get the best hoagies, 
uh, where to get the best breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all types of cuisines, plus all meals of the day, uh, phillyrestaurantreviews.com. It's called the Audio Food Tour. You guys can go in there and listen to us in your ear as you're at the Reading Terminal. Hey, I'm visiting Philly. I want to try the Reading Terminal out. Put on your headphones, listen to our audio food tour of the Reading Terminal, and then as you're in there, you can say, oh, John just talked about by Man, me and okay. someone's ear. That can't be pleasant. <laughs> I mean, the guys in the studio are like, man, I'm ready to burn these headsets, man. It, I can't believe the average person will be digging this. Yeah, but in the in this day and age, people are actually taking <laughs> good to her oh, You're right, though. They got the earbuds, and they're kind of, you know, where, where do I eat? I mean, and, and books are, on tape are huge also. People are RTM can be overwhelming. Yeah. We talked about that in the RTM episode. You walk in there, and I can tell the first timer, their eyes are like saucers. Like, where do I eat? <laughs> Get your donut at Byler's. Right. And then you yeah, walk, you walk exactly. over to Herschel's and no, get a very, get a Reuben. Very, very good point. And I <laughs> want to uh, welcome to the city of Philadelphia, Fashion District, Philadelphia. It took the place of the old Gallery Mall. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was there for opening day. You can read my article at Dining on a Dime One on Facebook. But I loved it. I thought they did a great job. I thought it was going to be too uppy uppy. It's not. It's perfect. Well, I think it's, they're trying to dial into a little bit that Philly is not super fancy. Well, when I was doing research for my article, I didn't know that the convention center brings it in. I mean, there are millions yeah. that come every year to the Philadelphia Convention Center. Car show, comic book show, sci-fi show. Flower show. Flower show yeah. is probably the number one, yeah. right? The flower show. And what happens is they built this beautiful mall to attract those people that come to the convention center to walk just a few steps. And let's not underestimate the Redden Terminal. Redden Terminal, people are coming from all over the world. Yeah, they're, I've talked to people, you know, they've driven up from Georgia. Yeah. They've come out from Ohio just to eat the food. They've right. seen it on TV and or when whatever. You, when you guys take our audio food tour at phillyrestaurantreviews.com, we also broke down East Passion Avenue, top 10 in the country of foodie destinations. Oh, God, yeah. All right, everyone, have a great week. Hashtag Ruizing this week, but always stay hungry, folks. In and around Philly, check out Philly Bite Magazine online at phillybite.com or tune in to Dying on a Dime on the My Philly Dish Hour Tuesdays through Fridays at 11 a.m. right here on indiephilly.com.